Today's episode is part two of Jennifer Christensen's interview. If you didn't get a chance to listen to part one, go back and take a listen to it because it builds off of it. Today, she's going to talk about how sales and marketing can coexist and correlate with each other. Enjoy the episode. The fact of the matter is, whether you've been in network marketing for years or just a few days, your family and friends have seen your opportunity and your phone is, as we call it, burnt. If you're anything like me, that's a scary thought. So the big question is, how do entrepreneurs like us, who love the network marketing profession, who no longer want to be that guy and are tired of convincing people during uncomfortable let's get coffee meetings where they say, what's this all about? How do we market in a way that aligns us with our dream clients and expands our network of upfront and transparent professionals, allowing us to get our time back, our families back, and gain a real passive asset. People like us who value impact over income, we deserve to see our visions once and for all. Join me in this podcast where we'll uncover just how to do that. My name is Eric Sablon. Welcome to Burnt Phone Marketing. What would you say the biggest difference between sales because a lot of good salespeople go out and in in our industry and in many industries they out go out there and they burn themselves out and they they can sell they can sell really really mm-hmm. well sure they can't market right and they can't build a culture and they can't do those kind of things so what would you say for a great salesperson that could go out and close deals and close deals and close deals what would you say is the difference between sales and marketing, and then the next question is going to be, what is the what is your one what what is your one yeah. way that you could try to integrate that as a person? Like go go a little bit more small business. So so let's bring it back to two thousand eight. Yeah, that customer. Sure. And uh, let's talk about the difference between sales and marketing, and then how you would blend those together. Okay, so I'm going to use an analogy first that I think um, it, this is how things are in my world anyway. So there's two different ways to get clients on Google, and most of you probably recognize this, that when you're searching for something, the, the ads that come up at the top, the three ads, that's, those are paid ads, and then everybody else that comes up on that homepage, they've done a really good job with what's called SEO, mm-hmm. which is their search engine optimization. So Google AdWords is all about the money, SEO is all about the time, okay. so the time and the expertise, right? So... If you just do sales, that would be like just doing Google AdWords. So Mm. it's effective. You put the time in. You make enough cold calls. You connect with enough people. You're going to get some results, right? Mm -hmm. But it's going to be very expensive as far as your time. So I'm not saying money now, but time. Um, And here's the problem. If you stop selling, it's done. And that's like what Google AdWords is like. I mean, I've got people spending $10,000 a month on Google AdWords right now. But... Here's the deal. They're spending $10,000 a month on Google AdWords, but we're also spending $5,000 a month on basically building their SEO so that what happens is when we turn off the, the Google AdWords funnel, now all the traffic's coming to them organically. So that's marketing. So marketing takes longer, mm-hmm. right? It takes an investment. Um, you're not going to always get immediate results. And I just want to say all that because I think that's where people get really discouraged. Is they're like, oh, well, I just I got to sell right now. I got to sell today. Okay, fine. Do that. Go sell. Go sell. Take take a percentage of your time, and you decide what that is for you. Maybe it's you know sixty percent of your time with more the hardcore cold calling sales, depending on who we're talking to right now, 
and then 40% of your time with the marketing. Some people will go in all the way, like we did three years ago, where we said we're not doing any sales anymore, and we're just going to use our marketing to drive business, mm-hmm. which was risky, but it's worked out really well. Um, but it's so... What that means is investing the time in marketing is it's investing in your brand. So it's being helpful to people. Um, I don't want to make this too ethereal. I want to make this practical um, for a small business or an MLM. Um, It's basically showing up where people need you and being available. So if it's like an individual, it's, it's actually thinking about your target market. Who would be most likely to actually want or need my services, right? That's a big so one. First, you have to start with that. That's your key in marketing. Where in sales, we tend to think, well, everybody wants me and I can just go sell everybody and it's all a numbers game. We've all heard that, right? Well, that is 1980s, 1990s philosophy and that no longer actually works very well. I mean, you're just, you're going to have to work really hard to get through a gazillion no's before you get a yes. So what I love about marketing is that you're actually positioning yourself the type of marketing we do, you're positioning yourself to be available and be at the places where people actually want to find you. So, I mean, I know you're doing this through ClickFunnels, Eric, and um, and I think it's brilliant because you've developed not only a service product that is exactly what a lot of people are looking for. So you researched that, you thought about it, you used your experience, and you're like, man, what do I wish I would have had? You talked to other people before you came up with it. You didn't just like throw it out there. You identified a need. And then you're, you're targeting it using Facebook ads and, and other organic sources to actually get it to the people who are most likely to want it. So you're not irritating you know, right. a bunch of people and then getting all that negativity back at you. So let me think about this in a practical way. And I'm really trying to like, you know, kind of dial it back and think back to when we were dealing with a lot of solo entrepreneurs. Um, in a practical way, you need to spend serious time on your target market. And what I mean by that is like go really deep. So go deep into what they're interested in, what their hobbies are, what their family's like. I mean, it feels kind of weird to do this, but if you don't go deep here, then all the effort you do in marketing to them will not be as successful because it won't be authentic. You're not going to actually touch the need that they have, right? So once you have that down, then you need to look at all the different sources of, okay, well, where are these people? How do I find them? How do I get access to them? Okay, so a lot of them are on Facebook. Just by numbers, I can tell you. Like the greatest (laughs) percentage of people are on Facebook right now. Um, But maybe it's a younger demographic, and so they lean heavily towards Instagram. Or maybe it's a very business-to-business demographic, and so you do need to really focus on LinkedIn. Um, once you have those pieces figured out, you can really do most of that on your own and really research and spend time on that. Then you need to start looking at experts. So if you can't afford to hire a freelancer or hire somebody about, okay, now I've got the information. Now what's the technical skills that I need to really do good Facebook ads or to really do LinkedIn ads or things along those lines? Um, if you can't hire a freelancer, then you need to look at what other people are doing. You need to take, take courses online, exactly what we did in the beginning, model it and try to, try to, and don't give up, like just keep trying different things. I mean, so one of the things that we do, and, um, and this is kind of a secret, but I mean, not really, because we tell our clients everything, but when we put an ad out for a client, like let's say it's a chiropractic client and we're doing a special on something, we might put out 14 different iterations of that ad. And I can tell you that 12 of those ads will bomb and get nothing. 
and one ad will do phenomenal. And one other ad will be like, eh. So can you imagine if we just put out one or two? Like we wouldn't be successful as a company. You have to try many, many different things to see what your target audience responds to. They will tell you what they're interested in. And one really good thing on that note is she said she put out 12 ads for a chiropractor. Yeah. But think about that. Once you find that one that's kind of working. Yeah, then you just get rid of the other rest. Yeah, and you can keep running that one over and over and months, over. Months and months and months, yeah. So, guys, think about it. it most people, and I'm going to go back to MLM, most people will troll the malls or do these things where, you know, they're they're finding uninterested people. Yeah, why would you do that? What? So depressing. It's Like you said, <laughs> you go through the, the nose and... A lot of salespeople are really good at going through those no's. However, when the person that you enroll just kind of does it because he was sold, yeah, doesn't make him a very good. Can't I mean he may be he may or may not be. But if you find a guy that raises his hand that fits the demographics that you're looking for, that fits the solo entrepreneur that fits those things, you know, they already have that mindset, they already really want to do stuff like that, then it's going to, the the growth... Is going to be long-term. Is going to be long-term, yes. yes, definitely. I can't tell you how happy it makes me when, I mean, we get a lot of leads from referral, but, but most of our leads come from our marketing. And when somebody reaches out in our chat box, I just had one a few minutes ago, or um, or reaches out with a lead box or whatever it is, I know that they took the time to go to our site. They looked at it. They liked us. They found something they were looking for. Like we're already so far down the sales process that my close ratio is like eighty percent. Right. And my and my close ratio would be even higher, but I actually. Filter out some filter of the people out that people. you don't want to work with. Well, yeah, or just that I know we're not the best fit, right? right. I'm just like, oh, like we could take that, but that's not really going to help them long term. So I'm not going to take their money. So guys, think about that. She's already, she's done some publishing. She's done, she's got a great web presence. She's got great Facebook presence, total social media presence. And she can filter through the people that she does want to work with and doesn't want to work with. Now imagine if you're doing that and you're filtering through your business. Like, I don't know if I want to work with that person. Maybe they're not ready. Maybe you give them something to, you know, kind of get there. Uh, but imagine that versus totally different lifestyle and mindset. And, and that's the problem I have with cold calls in general. I mean, we've talked about this. I, I understand that they can still be effective, but to me, it puts you at such a disadvantage because you're walking and asking for something where I feel like if, if I'm doing a really good job and I'm showing up where people have a need, mm -hmm. then they're coming to me because they need something. You know, I, I don't have a disadvantage. I actually have the, the power position. And I don't mean, I don't mean that I would ever use that in a bad right. way. But, but it really puts us on even ground so we can have an honest conversation of, okay, is this really good? And then I'm totally fine to refer them if it's not. And it feels like real human interaction instead of you know, me trying to get something from you. Right. Yeah. It, it totally flips the sales call mm -hmm. on its head. Yeah. So... I want to talk to you about one more thing because I know no, two more things. I know that you've been doing this a lot, and I know that both of us really pushed this, this Facebook Lives. And what are your thoughts on publishing? What are your thoughts on free publishing? What are your thoughts on if if someone doesn't have the marketing, they can't do some of the stuff, they can't invest in it. 
if someone just t- documents their journey mm-hmm. in publishing through, uh, you know, through what we're doing with podcasts, through Facebook Lives, through Instagram Stories, through anything, how effective, done correctly, yeah. do you think that is as a almost a free, just your time, you're only giving up your time to become an expert or yeah. to become the person that people aspire, the attractive character, like Russell would say. Yeah, super effective. Like, I mean, and and I, I mean, I struggle with this myself. I was just telling Eric before we started that I had been doing Facebook Lives really consistently for about three months, and I can show you in our lead numbers, like that was directly affecting leads, even though people weren't saying, oh, I saw your Facebook Live, but you can see the numbers. Like, it's right. just people are hearing you, they're seeing you, they're getting valuable information, they're, they start seeing you as an expert, right? And then I thought, you know, but I really want to do better at it. I want to, I want to improve what I'm doing. I want to have more of a focus. And I kind of got into like this analysis paralysis thing. Um, and I stopped doing them as much and our numbers started to drop. And so to me, that's clear evidence of even if it's not perfect or even if it's not, um, you know, how you think it should be, even if you're learning as you're doing it, it still has a stronger effect than not doing, than it, not at doing all. it at all. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I felt like, well, gosh, I'm an agency owner. I better look like I have all my crap together, right? But I just don't think people care that much. I think people actually, to be completely honest, I think people look for people's... They're attracted by our flaws. Mm -hmm. They're attracted by we're not not perfectly put together. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, if, you know, she did that, so I should go talk to her because, you know, you break down that barrier of that person is too successful or that yeah. that business is too this or you know and that, that's one of the things guys when you put yourself out there publishing and I think publishing is probably one of the easiest fastest ways to become an attractive character to become a great uh, business person to become um, an, an authority mm-hmm. is, is publishing because the reason why I'm doing this show is because I actually saw one of my mentors said this, on The Apprentice, Arsenio Hall, and if, if anyone grew up in the 90s, they yeah, know exactly who Arsenio Hall is. He was on The Apprentice, and he was tasked to go out and basically raise money. He said this, he raised zero dollars on The Apprentice. He said this, when I had a show, when I had a platform, Everyone took my call. Mm. When I don't have a platform, everybody's too busy. Mm-hmm. So just think about that, guys. Even if you have a show, even if you have some sort of platform where you can speak from, talk to, get out the good news, get out your word, get out your message, you're going to have a lot more dynamic people. You never know what that switch is that basically says, wow, that's exactly what I needed. Yeah. And guess what you become? You become an authority. All of a sudden, they hit like, they hit subscribe, mm-hmm. and they're listening to you all the time. Yeah, I, I can't believe how many how much traffic we get. What's interesting on the Facebook Lives, and I mean, I would really encourage you guys on this too, is that, so usually I only get like 150, 200 views when we actually do it, and then I'll check back a week later or two weeks later, and it's like 2,000. Well, it's like, it's like DVR. Nobody watches it live. Right. Nobody watches anything right, live. Right, right. So they're just DVRing our Facebook Facebook I don't pages. care. Yeah. As long as the message is getting out there. Yeah. Well, then they can skip through and see what they want or whatever, and that's great. Like, I, I want 
I want to provide value. I don't want to do it just to do it. Right. Um, but it is really interesting to watch the numbers. Like, like this is what people are relating to. It's how they want to communicate. So, again, read the signs, know the market, look around you, where are things going. It's going to video and audio, and um, be there. That's huge, huge advice, guys. Huge advice. Just rewind that back and play it again. Take notes on that. The last question. I've asked this to everybody. Okay. Every this I'm one's deep. Now. This one's a scary question. <gasps> it's deep. So, I'm at the reason why I ask this question is because I want everybody to kind of feel that everybody is vulnerable. Everybody has those fears. So, what is the one thing in your business mm -hmm. that on on the good side and the bad, the scary side, that keeps you up at night? Mm. It's really different now than what it used to be. Um, because what used to keep me up at night is, you know, would we stay in business? <laughs> and I'm not saying that's not, you know, there at some point, but it doesn't keep me up at night right. anymore. So thank you, God. Um, what is good? Um, the good part that keeps me up at night is just overwhelming gratitude for the people I get to work with every day. And I know that sounds trite, but I love I'm looking at your face right now. It's not trite. It's no, like straight I up. That's real deal. I literally love everyone who is a part of our company. Um, I believe that we all are focused on a higher mission, which is to serve people at the highest possible level of growing their businesses and with the top values. And everyone here exemplifies that, not, not one exception. So that is such a rare thing in life. It is. When you love to come to work and you love your, your boss and you love the people that you're around more than you around your family, it's, it's a big deal. It's huge. I just, it's it's better than I ever even imagined, to be honest. So, as a child of the 80s that, you know, work and corporate all looked horrible mm -hmm. and, like, depressing and, like, all about the money and, ugh, right? So, <laughs> so just, like, wow, okay, like, thank you, God, I've, you've allowed me to create this amazing thing. And, and so that's, like, the good part that keeps me up of just wanting to make sure that I honor that and take care of that and am I you know am I doing that right um and then the part that keeps me up at night on the negative side is probably I know what it is it's it's this industry constantly changes I mean constantly and wow like the ride is an intense roller coaster and when I started reading the stats I mean the one that has me up at night right now why we just hired a video person podcast and all of that is that by 2020, they're talking like 80% of all content, publishing content, is going to be video. And we are not, Beacon is not there yet at all. We're mostly on all of our content is written. Mm -hmm. So we have established a YouTube channel and we have established other things, but to stay an expert in authority, like I said in the very beginning, we always have to be two to three steps ahead of our clients or we can't guide them. So, right. so it's that's what keeps me up. It's like, the shifting of the times and just how fast it feels like in the beginning it was like shifting every six to nine months and now it feels like it shifts about every three months and so part of me is like how can anybody keep up this pace i mean this is an intense pace right um but i love it so i don't see doing anything else <laughs> for a while so, um, but that's what keeps me up is just just knowing that you know and you've really encouraged me in this, Eric, actually, to take more breaks. 
and to take, you know, four day trips and things like that. That's really been helpful for me. This is the first year I've really done that. And what I find is that when I do take a little bit of a break, then I can see, I can look around and I can see the picture. You but, can get the 30,000 foot view yeah, from the 30,000 foot view. Exactly. But when I'm in it every day, and I think that's part of why this kind of hit me hard this year, because last year I was like so nose to the grindstone that I really didn't like look up. It was just like, serve our clients, do a great job, grow the business. And then when I looked up, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Everything's video. Okay. <laughs> now we need to make another adjustment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's so that's what keeps me up. It's just making sure that the first part I talked about loving, mm -hmm. like all these people are dependent on me doing this well for their incomes and their jobs and their families. And the more people we hire, the more responsibility that is. And then our clients are dependent I mean, if they're really saying, Jennifer, I trust you, you're paying attention to this stuff, you're going to tell me if we need to adjust and what we need to do to keep our revenue growing, and if I'm not paying attention to that, then I'm letting them down too. Right. Yeah, you have a big family, you have a lot of clients, you have yeah. a big family here. Um, you know, Jen, thank you so much for your time. I, we're coming up on about 30, 35 minutes, but thank you so much for your time, guys. I'm going to actually post inside the description of this podcast how to get a hold of Jen at Beacon Media and um, maybe on her personal uh, sure. fan page. We'll, yeah. we'll get you get you some information. Um, like I said, if you guys had any questions about how to create a little bit more marketing, all of us want to scale. We want more customers. We want more clients. But we want the, the right clients. Take a look at uh, Jen's page. Take a look at the stuff that she's doing. And just take a look at some of the free stuff that she's given out. Last week she was on on Facebook Live with um, Buddy Bailey mm -hmm. and Molly Molly Blakely. And she, those two people are, are uh, staples in our, in, our, in, our, um, in our world. So, like I said, guys, like and subscribe. I'm glad you guys came on board. I love you. Love you guys to... Uh, to share some of the stuff that you guys really got from this podcast. Um, we're going to be posting this soon. So thank you guys. And again, Eric from Burnt Phone Marketing and Jennifer Christensen from Beacon Media. Thanks, guys. Thanks. I know that marketing can be tough. So what I did for you guys is I put together a free summit with 30 of the top internet marketers in the world. Basically what they're doing is they're sharing their story. If they lost everything, what would they do? So I put it in the description of this podcast. Also, if you go to it, it's www.burntphonechallenge.com forward slash summit OFA. So go ahead and go and link to that. It's free. Enjoy the training and we'll see you on another episode of Burnt Phone Marketing.